0: Support for this show comes from the world-famous annual International Yoga Festival in Rishikesh, India. Deepen your practice, explore your soul, and expand your consciousness in the lap of the Himalayas, the birthplace of yoga, with yogis from around the world. Learn more at internationalyogafestival.org.
1: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to join me in Nashville, Tennessee for the weekend of March 24 through the 26th for Beyond the Parochial. It's a celebration of the publication of the World Wisdom Bible. This is a book I've, I've edited, comes out next month. It's an anthology of perennial teachings from the world's religions that I really feel is an antidote to some of the madness that's going on in the religion world at the moment. Uh, Our mission is to place a free copy of the World Wisdom Bible wherever you find a Gideon Bible, anywhere on the planet. To learn more about the World Wisdom Bible and what we're doing on March 24 to 26, please visit uh, our website. It's oneriverfoundation.org. oneriverfoundation.org. So thank you for that. And our guest today is Dr. Jose Luis Stevens. He's the author of Encounters with Power. Adventures and Misadventures of the Shamanic Path of Healing. Jose is the president and co-founder, along with his wife, Lena, of Power Path Seminars, and that's dedicated to bringing indigenous wisdom into business and everyday life. A review of his book appears in the January-February issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Jose Luis Stevens, welcome to Essential Conversations. Oh, thank you. So this is... Always interesting when we, when I get to talk to someone who's in the shamanic world, but I often get emails from people saying, "No, I don't get it. What is shamanism?" So, as as succinctly as possible, help help us understand exactly what is the shamanic journey.
0: Okay, um, the, the shamanic the shamanic path, you could say, is the world's oldest spiritual path. It, anthropologists have discovered evidence of, sh- of shamanism going back uh, 70,000 years. So it's been with us since the very beginning. And I believe that it, it helped us to survive as a human race, that we owe a great debt to the, to the shamans of the past. They were the people who uh, could understand uh, how, to, how to heal people. They knew about the plants. They knew how to reduce fevers. They knew how to set bones. They knew how to uh, cure headaches and, and much worse conditions. They had a comprehensive understanding of nature. Uh, they knew how to read the signs of nature. They were great prophets. So they, they knew, for example, what the weather and the climate was going to be like so they could prepare the tribe for the winter and store some more supplies if it was going to be colder. They knew where the herds were so they could tell the hunters where to go to uh, get, get meat for the, for the tribe. And so they were essential figures. They, they were leaders and, and powerful consultants, and uh, they were spiritual leaders, and um, they, they would counsel people. So they were good counselors. They were the world's first psychologists, and um, they helped people to be born, and they helped people to die. And so they really covered a lot of territory. And, uh, you know, there have been attempts around the world to stamp them out, to, to kill them off. Hitler tried to kill all the shamans he could find. Um, various religions tried the same thing, but they never really succeeded. And shamans are still with us today. Uh, they live in all parts of the world. They work with their indigenous tribes, and in some places they're just as important as they ever were. And of course, we're in a changing world now, where we're living more in urban centers and all that. So we're we're seeing a kind of a morphing of the shamanism from you know, rural shamanism to urban shamanism. And that's an interesting thing. But I believe that it's really embedded in our DNA, that it's part of us and it crops up wherever humans are. You know, if we send people to Mars, it's going to crop up there too.
1: So let, so, me, let me ask you a question because you, you raise an interesting point that shamans uh, were in, all in one person. You know, they were meteorologists, they were astronomers, they were medical people, they were pharmacologists, they were spiritual leaders. I mean, you gave us a whole, the, the first psychologist, you gave us yeah. this this whole um, spectrum of roles that they played in a specific community. Now, today we break all those up into separate fields. They don't necessarily, well, I'm being too kind, they don't talk to one another. <laughs> we, we see them all as distinct. The shaman was, oh, I'm not sure what the word is. I want to say sort of a a renaissance person in the sense that that she or he you know was connected to all these things and we're so bifurcated what do you think happens to society when we lose that shamanic integration and we end up with all these in a sense competing fields
0: well i think many things happen that are unfortunate uh i think we lose uh much of our power our access to to being powerful um you know we we start giving our power away to these different uh, departments and you know we have experts that all argue with each other and the, the world uh, becomes divided up so we 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 lose our sense that it's all one that it's all interrelated there's a web of life that that uh, you know moves through all parts of life and it 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 uh, disconnects us from nature it disconnects us from spirit and it disconnects us from each other and i think the results are evident all we have to do is look out in the world to see the situation that we're in and we see the product of that. And um, that's unfortunate.
1: So you mentioned power. Let's let's switch over before we run out of time because I could go on about this whole, whole general shamanic thing for the whole half hour. But, I, but I, I wanted to talk to you about power. You raised power. The book is called Encounters with Power. And in the book, you say that life, and this is a quote from the book, life is all about becoming more powerful learning to acquire power, store it, seal it in, and express it when needed. What, what do you have in mind when you're, when you're talking about power? Well,
0: first of all, I, I'm using it in a different sense than we do often in the Western uh, concept of power, which is power over people, power uh, in, in having control over something. That, that's not the sense that I'm using here. Pa- power in the shamanic sense is having access to uh, its capacity. It's, it's your capacity to have access to what's available to you. So, uh, you know, we're, we're living in a universe that, that is, for all we know, is infinite. There's infinite dimensions, infinite uh, time and space, blah, blah, blah. And uh, uh, we, we have access to that. To the degree that we do access that we are powerful. If, if we're closed off to it, if we don't even realize it's there, it's a little bit like uh, having software programs in your computer. You know, if you don't know they're there, you can never open them up and you can never use them. So you don't have access to that power. But if you do know they're there and you do click on them and that you open up and they become available to you as a toolbox, then you're just that much more powerful. So, so- power is access.
1: Okay, so I mean, your, your analogy is interesting. It's sort of like uh, you need a, 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 the shaman app for your for your human <laughs> software, so you can access the the shamanic program. Which I yeah. I, I take it, if I understand the book, you are writing the book that that what I you know jokingly called the shamanic uh, app um, has what you call four axes. Uh, tell us about the map of the four axes. I think people will get a sense of of this notion of power and shamanism from that?
0: Well, each axis is a, um, uh, is a direction that energy moves in the universe. So uh, we, ha- we have expression, th- that's one axis, and that is uh, the movement of energy in a radiant sort of way, outward, like the sun radiates light and energy, outward in all directions. That would be one axis. The inspiration axis uh, that's the direction upward. So when we are inspired, we uh, are able to move upward and access information that we couldn't reach before, and we're, we're brought upward. In the action access, access that's uh, movement forward. And so we're able to uh, act on life and uh, accomplish things and produce and, and get the job done. And then there is uh, the the fourth axis, which is assimilation, and that's the direction of energy inward. So it's to assimilate, to learn, to be a sponge, to to draw in. And that really covers all the territory. So uh, in the universe, if if you have access to the four axes, then you can uh, have access to the entire universe. And this is like a little map to, to the universe. You could say it's a very simple map, but it, uh, you know, it gives us the beginnings of access to, uh, whatever we need, whatever we want. Um, and, and therefore it's associated with power.
1: So can, can you apply this to a specific problem? I know you, you and your wife bring this to businesses. I'm not necessarily asking for a business example, but an example from from someone's uh, personal life. That that how would they apply this?
0: Well, it's all about balance. You you need all four directions. You you need the balance of them. So if you have a business that's all about action, getting the job done, uh, accomplishment, but but you have n- no focus on assimilation, then you're not learning anything. And if you're not learning anything, and you're not like gathering. Uh, Information about your marketplace or about uh, the people that you serve or the people that are on your staff or you know, then you're you're really handicapped, you know. If if you're not aware that these these different um, directions are available, you you tend to ignore them and then you suffer for that. So every business, every organization, and every person, individual person, really needs to have all four of these directions operational in their personal life they need to assimilate they need to learn they need to be inspired those are where new ideas come from they need to be action oriented they need to get a job done and they need to have some form of expression where they can uh uh, exhibit what they're all about to other people so and that might be called marketing so, you know, there's business terms for these things, but we're, we're going back to the, the simplest version of all, which is just four directions and how they operate and how uh, we need each one of them. And that if we know about them, we can address them and we can build departments around them and we can have communication among them. And then we have an ongoing, very viable business
1: Yeah. Okay. Thanks. That's what I was going to ask about. So where where we're saying business, you could also say personal life. So when you're, you're accessing these things, they are within you, I guess they're available to you. What's the mechanism. And I, and I, obviously I can't expect you to give away in in a couple of minutes, all the stuff I'd really would like to know, but I mean, you do teach this, you train people in shamanism. So can you give me an example or give us an example of a practice that someone, um, could, could even if they heard it over the, the radio, over the podcast, could uh, adapt or adopt to their lives and, and help achieve some balance?
0: Well, you, you can, it's very simple. You can simply address, give some attention to each one of those directions. So let's say uh, it would be something as simple as that you could take half an hour and you could dedicate or devote half an hour to assimilating. How would you assimilate? Some people might go to their computer. Some people might pick up a book or an article. Some people might go and listen to a podcast or a lecture. That's all assimilating. And so you give a half an hour to that. Then you take another half an hour and you dedicate it to action. And and, and you make a quick little list and then you start doing the things on your list and you actually do them. You accomplish them. You take the action that's needed. You make phone calls. You You know, walk to the other side of the warehouse, whatever it is that you're up to. And then you take another half an hour and you uh, give it to inspiration. So you have to, in that case, you need to find something that inspires you. It could simply be beauty. You might just step outside for a few minutes and breathe the air and look at the trees and look at the flowers around you, see the birds flying through. And just that is enough to bring the inspiration, to get the inspiration going, to get that lift up. So that you're, you're, you're receiving new, um, new ideas, fresh ideas. And you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're being lifted up out of the doldrums, out of the, out of the box, so to speak, you're mm. able to operate at a higher level. And then so, again, with, uh, dedicating, uh, some time to expression, and that might simply be, um, uh, drawing or, uh, um expressing yourself through uh, by singing or um uh playing a little music or 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 whatever that may sound like frivolous but it's absolutely essential that we express ourselves in a creative artistic way and by the way if if you look at the world of shamanism you find that through shamanism art has always been a very very important uh, aspect of shamanism the shams throughout history have always been artists. They've sung songs. They've played music. They've decorated. They've been craftspeople. They've, you know, that that's uh, that's un- not understood today. That that's so important for each human being. We've cut it out of schools. We, you know, reduced our budgets for it and everything. We're going to pay for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's absolutely true. L- let me let me ask you something. Maybe. Maybe it's tangential and you can say, no, no, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. But when I've, you know, uh, from academics, when I'm getting my PhD in religion, so you have to study some of the shamanic traditions. I've read, you know, Mircea Eliade's stuff and on shamanism. And I always get a sense that there's altered states of consciousness involved, especially drug-induced. Uh, so I'm not saying, I, I doubt that you actually do this in your own training with people. But what role does... Um, You know, herbs, mushrooms, that kind of, um, you know, uh, hallucinogenic stuff. uh,
0: It can play a very big role. Because if you look again at the overall global phenomena of shamanism, you find that almost every country has their uh, plants or their substances that expand consciousness and um, uh, allow shamans to gain access to information that they never might uh, access any other way and so it, it 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 not all shamans in all cultures use the substances uh to alter their consciousness but but they may use other methods they may use drumming they may use chanting they may use trance dancing hmm. but the truth of the matter is that all over the world they also use plants and um it's uh it's very prevalent and anybody that really engages in uh, a, a real shamanic education is going to come across that. And then they'll have to determine whether they're willing to do that or not. I certainly have. Um, and it's to great benefit, by the way, to enormous benefit.
1: So what's um, the benefit
0: it's been, it's been a big part of my education. Well, like I said, you know, it gives, it opens doors of the mind. It's like Aldous Huxley, you know, said it's the doors of perception open and you can, are, are capable of seeing uh, aspects of reality that were closed off formerly. Uh, so when you,
1: let, let, me, let me jump in, because we've only got about a minute or so left. When you, ex- forget whether, whether we're talking about plants or we're talking about drumming or some, some other methodology that pe- that to, to cleanse the doors of perception, do you feel people are resistant or are they hungry for that kind of cleansing? Uh,
0: I that's a very good question. I think it's both. I think there segments of the population that are very afraid of opening those doors because it doesn't always lead people where they think they're they're supposed to go, you know? It it takes people outside of the box. And that doesn't always make for a loyal churchgoer. Mm. But at the same time, I think people are starving for it and I think the evidence is out there by the numbers of people that are you know, looking for it and try try to do it in ways that are maybe sometimes not very productive, um, but but I think there's an enormous hunger. But people have engaged in altered states throughout history. It's a part of the human experience. It is probably uh, responsible for some of our greatest discoveries in science and in other areas. And um, it's 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 part of the part of the path. And you're going to encounter it sooner or later, one way or the other. And of course, there's choice about it. So each person has to make their decision. But I find it to be um, a food for the soul.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, that people are, many people are afraid of getting out of the box. They're clinging to the box with, you know, every, every ounce of strength they've got and seeing outside the box. And, and which really means, like you said, it means going somewhere where you don't really know where you're going. Because if, it's, if you know where you're going, it's still in a box. So Well,
0: it's the comfort zone, you know.
1: Right, your comfort zone. So discomforting people helping them get out of the box is really what you're about. And we're going to have to leave it at that because we are out of time. But this was really fascinating. few minutes talking with you, uh, Jose, thank you very much.
0: Oh, thank you very much for interviewing me.
1: My guest today was Jose Luis Stevens. He's the author of Encounters with Power, Adventures and Misadventures on the Shamanic Path of Healing. You can learn more about his work at JoseStevens.com, and you can read a review of his book in the January-February January, issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Support for this show comes from the world-famous annual International Yoga Festival in Rishikesh, India. Deepen your practice, explore your soul and expand your consciousness in the lap of the Himalayas, the birthplace of yoga, and do it with yogis from around the world. Learn more at internationalyogafestival.org. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health Magazine. Please log into spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker, and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening.